Smokey, this is not NOM, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by. All right, Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's October 20th. Um, with me today is Roan and Raiden. Um, they were here a couple weeks ago, and um, Roan was here last time. Met her, fell asleep. He's not going to be here. Um, but we have a lot to cover. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we met, so what do you guys want to start with? Because it's, it's kind of a lot to unpack within the last uh, couple weeks since we've taken a break. I think everybody wants to just jump into to the news of the day, but I think taking it chronologically since we last broadcast would probably be better. Supreme Court nomination, Amy Coney Barrett. So what do you think, what's your opinion on how Democrats handled that whole thing? Terribly as usual. Uh, After trying to uh, interrogate her in regards to uh, soliciting sexual favors, being a white supremacist, using her religion to uh, push her narrative as a Supreme Court justice, uh, they pretty much turned it into a shit show. It's like a witch hunt. Yeah, and their their angle was Obamacare. I mean, I think that's where they're trying to make... uh, you know, Republicans own it at the ballot box. They're going to keep trying to push the untrue narrative that canceling Obamacare is what happens when she gets confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. It's probably not 100% true. I think more parts of Obamacare are going to be found to be unconstitutional and therefore won't be around anymore. But in regards to her just going and overturning everything from Roe v. Wade to health care for... Joe Biden said, like, what, 200 million Americans with pre-existing conditions? <laughs> um, it's just not going to happen. It's not the way the system works. It never has. Uh, they're going to have more votes on the court, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, a walk in the park like the Democrats are making it seem to be. I'm going to switch your mics. That one's a little more quality. Appreciate it. Um... Yeah, it's interesting because what I don't get with the whole Obamacare thing is you have a lot of people that push it that are super well off. And you know darn well they're not going to be waiting in the same line we are for health care if right. it becomes socialized health care. Which is why people from Canada come over here for health care. Why people in Europe can't ever see a doctor. A lot of people think that's why the coronavirus hit them so hard at first. Because no one can get in to see a doctor. A lot of the socialized, a lot of the healthcare in Europe is socialized. So you're waiting. I think in Canada, last time I googled, it was like a 16 working day, like waiting period, just to get seen. By the time you get seen for whatever you got, it's probably already cured. Yeah, her resume is pretty impeccable. I mean, she worked at Notre Dame for what close to 20 years, and that's a pretty liberal uh, university, even though it's. A religious institution uh, they're a lot less lax and have a different kind of student base than they have historically there I mean even though a lot of Catholic Irish and Italian and Polish people still go there I just think like the uh, demographic overall of people who are attending college in general is changing that's and, changing big time yeah and for her to, to be a you know tenured law professor there this that and the other thing I think it's uh she she was distinguished teacher of the year uh, three or four times while she was there. 
in addition to all of her law practicing, I mean, she worked with Antonin Scalia when he was a Supreme Court justice for, I think, two years. And then she was nominated this year to what? The, uh, what circuit? Uh, Seventh Circuit in 2017, which means she's already gone through a full on Senate confirmation hearing and vote. So I think. It's just a last, last ditch effort to throw it off. Yeah, I mean, all the Democrats ever want is power anyway. They're really being sore losers with this. It's not a. They've been sore losers since 2016. Mm-hmm. And they've been throwing everything but the kitchen sink, trying to get their foot somewhat in the chaos and and I think we touched on it before the fact of the matter is Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have retired during Obama in probably 2009 or 10 when she was diagnosed with terminal cancer and she wanted the uh, symbolic changing of the guard of her to another female Supreme Court justice with the blessing of President Hillary Clinton and when Hillary Clinton lost the election she was shit out of luck just like Pretty much everyone else in Washington, D.C. that thought they were getting away with anything or having things the way they wanted it, right? Yeah. So that was recently after we got together. What what else has happened since then? At the town hall. Doing town halls in lieu of the canceled in-person so debate. Yeah, I still don't know what to make of that. I just think it. the fact of the matter is, is that, well, first of all, the... The moderator's been suspended by C-SPAN. Uh, I guess he accidentally tweeted a direct message to Anthony Scaramucci and then claimed his Twitter account was hacked. Yeah, I saw that. Over the last 24 hours, Twitter came back and confirmed that his account was, in fact, not hacked. And C-SPAN put him on unpaid administrative leave uh, in lieu of... He'll get a book deal in 10 years and be fine. Yeah, how Donald Trump also ruined my life (laughs) while being the worst man in the history of the world. Volume 12 or something. Right, he's got to get in line. I'm just so curious as to who picks these moderators because it's been nothing but a one-sided show. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, Part of this, of the burden, falls on the Trump campaign because at the end of the day, they agreed to these debates and the moderators. So, I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's going to be a lot more of the same. Um, I think that uh, Donald Trump's going to probably use the angle uh, to... I think the American people are going to finally start to be like, you want to know what? This is starting to get overwhelmingly annoying because we're in a day and age with social media live fact-checking, um, spun narratives, this, that, and the other thing to where over the last couple of debates, the town hall included, you just saw such a bias of, I mean, for instance, George Stephanopoulos, who was a Clinton spokesperson and member of her administration, you know, warm up the essential oils and gently massage Joe Biden's back <laughs> through the town hall, asking him every non-essential bullshit question that has no relevance to anything. They couldn't get anything out of them in regards to policy, in regards to COVID, in regards to court packing. And, I mean, even the questions that were asked, they had a former Obama speechwriter who identified himself during the town hall with Joe Biden as an independent and undecided voter. 
asked him some question that was so nicely gift wrapped it just made my stomach hurt to watch. Uh, I, ha I had work that day, so I was kind of watching both of them going back and forth right after they both ended, and you know I was disgusted. And then you go back to the you know the Trump town hall with that lady who, you know, the first 20, 25 minutes of the town hall with Trump, you have the moderator trying to give Trump a referendum on COVID and how he's mishandled it. And then they go right into their parlay of uh, Donald Trump being racist and a supporter of white supremacy. Um, and yeah, it's just absolutely garbage. The sad part is going into the second debate, which would have been the third and the final, uh, historically it's a foreign policy debate. Um, but they released the questions today, and I was, I was reading online. It was a lot more of the same crap that we saw in like the first uh, debate and the uh, the town hall with Donald Trump. They want to extensively cover COVID. They want to extensively cover um, things like uh, racism in America, and I don't know. I saw one of the topics was leadership. And it's just like, yeah, it gets to the point to where you're just like, guys, come on. And then there was a letter I read um, that came out from the Trump campaign today. And it basically said, like, you know, historically, this is the debate where we get into uh, foreign policy and uh, touch on the economy a little bit. And there's no reason to go back and extensively covered things that have already been extensively covered. I think the uh, the Trump campaign put it out on yeah they did on Twitter and they sent it to the uh, Commission on Federal Debates and they said you know it's been leaked that the uh, topic announcements by the moderator Kristen Welker uh, will include COVID-19, American families, race and racism in America, climate change, national security, and leadership. Yeah. Right. And they say... You climate know, change. Or lack thereof. Oh, my gosh, dude. I feel like... You ever watch a movie that's really repetitive? Yeah. Or the sequel's like the exact same thing as the first one? Yes. I feel like every news cycle is the same thing. There's a rise in COVID. COVID's fake. Masks work. Masks don't work. Biden's son is in trouble for this. Biden's son's not. It's like this back and forth yo-yo thing. It's like so tiring of just living in this bubble where dude, it doesn't even matter what the news breaks anymore. Whatever is true, people aren't going to believe it or people just disregard it. And that was, I was going to ask you guys what your opinion is. Do you think that the debates in this election cycle are persuading any voters, or do you think it, the country's already made up? Do you think people have already voted in their minds, basically, before the debates were even scheduled? Or do you think these debates are persuading people one way or another? I don't think that anybody right now will basically leave Donald Trump for Joe Biden. I think that's like a... In any kind of argument in changing minds and votes, I think that's an absolute non-starter. So you think everybody that voted for Trump the first round, first time, 2016, is definitely keeping their vote for Donald Trump this time around? 
Well, I want to get into that a little bit later. Right before we get off of this topic of the debate stage and how they're setting it up to be just another absolute hand everything to Joe Biden and beat up Donald Trump and pretty much run a referendum on him during the debate. Uh, the debate moderator, her name is... Uh, what's her name? It's uh, Kristen Welker. Her family, over the last... 30 to 40 years have donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to the DNC. Um, she was a independent reporter before she came, before she became the White House correspondent uh, shortly after the Obama administration started. And her relationship with the Obamas and the Bidens was so close that there are pictures you can look up online of Christmas in 2012. Her, her mother, and her father spent Christmas day and dinner at the White House with the Obamas. So this is the person that's moderating the debate. <laughs> I mean, obviously, she's being toted as an independent reporter and former White House correspondent, this, that, and the other thing. But just know that that's absolute horseshit. Um, yeah. It, and, that, and that's basically what we're getting in regards to that. Um, in regards to the vote and the voting numbers, I think right now, uh, there's national polls versus optics. And this is the same thing they did in 2016. Uh, when you look at the numbers, they say Joe Biden is close to or at double-digit leads in national polls, in favorability, in swing states, and states that Trump won in 2016. Um, I saw a poll, I think Tim Pool did it, and he talked about it extensively on one of his shows this week. And what he basically said was, he put up a poll of people who are asked to participate in these, you know, phone polls or on the street polls, there was a 10% uh, vote for, and he called it the shy Trump voter, and that's people who lie in regards to saying they're voting for Trump in the 2020 election. So the way he broke it down was if the numbers right now are honest and you're at close to double digits lead, margin of error is, margin of error is plus three-ish, and you have 10% of shy Trump voters or people who won't admit that they're gonna vote for the president for reasons all the way from backlash to they just don't like to get their you know, politics out in public, uh, the race is pretty much neck and neck. So I think in 2016, we saw for the first time ever the media really spin it and demoralize Donald Trump's fan base going into the election all the way up with the yeah. you know the the 90 whatever to single digit percent chance Hillary Clinton had to win they put that out like 14 days before the election which is basically right where we're at right now um, and I think a lot of people who went out and voted for Trump uh I think a lot of people did go out and vote because they already been like, yeah, you want to know what? It was good. It was fun. He's funny. I like it, you know, but yeah, he's not going to win. I think now uh, that base is even more galvanized. I think people are more aware. Like I said, in the day and age of social media and live fact checking and all this stuff that's come out since 2016, Trump's entire base, no matter what, will go out and vote. It's like a national holiday and that they're going to turn it into this year. Um, but it's going to take more than that. And I think 
like I said before, I think Donald Trump is going along with this. I think his demeanor going into the debate isn't going to be as aggressive because he already, you know, he debated Chris Wallace and Joe Biden in the first one. He debated the moderator in the town hall. I think we've seen that both times. Um, he did definitely tone it down and put more of a human spin and, like, yeah. show some affection in the town hall. And, and you got, you know, responses from the audience and stuff like that. Uh, I think going into this one, it's just like, you know, he needs to go out and ask the questions that the media is not going to ask. But at the same time, he needs to just do it the right way. And uh, he needs to go out and act like he has a lead. Because I personally think, based off some of the numbers right now, when you talk about early early voting uh, in states like Michigan, Texas, North Carolina, um, Republicans are, are outvoting Democrats, which is unheard of. Democrats always vote. Early and by mail, and Republicans always vote day of. And that's why usually elections are able to be called on election day because you're getting the actual tally based off the totality of the body that's actually going to go out and cast the vote. Hmm. But in a lot of those swing states, uh, especially like North Carolina, Arizona, Michigan, the Republicans are registering to vote Republican for the first time at almost a three-to-one ratio. And, yeah. Even though there are more registered Democrats, and Democrats usually come out and vote more, period, um, the numbers are closing those gaps, which go into that total thing that I said before. Joe Biden could be close to double-digit lead nationally, worst-case scenario, but then you have the shy Trump voter that's at a plus 10. You factor that in, and then margin of error with inflated Republican early registration, early voting, early mail-in. It's kind of hard to say that it's not at least neck and neck or Trump slightly ahead. In addition, this week, uh, the Biden campaign sent out an internal memo, which was leaked. Could be purposely, like they're being careful, or it could be legitimately leaked, like they're worried, where they basically said they know as a camp that the poll numbers are inflated and for the most part wrong. And they cannot (laughs) start taking any kind of victory lap or easing off um, based off the fact that whatever people say on TV and then they reference 2016. So you have to go back and look at all those numbers and stuff and just see uh, as we go into the next two weeks, I'm sure we're going to have, I mean, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they're both extremely liberal, orange man bad, Trump hating, newspaper organizations, they will leak Something in regards to taxes, something in regards to racism, something in regards to an old rape allegation on Donald Trump in the next two weeks, guaranteed hands down, regardless of what comes out, anything else. It's just the way it is. Um, he's just got to keep his head up and keep moving like he did in, uh, in 2016. I think he's got a bigger base. I think he's got a lot more people energized and he knows what he needs to do. Just hold it together with no big meltdowns between now and then, and it should be uh, real close going into election day. He's campaigning a lot. A lot. He's doing like two rallies a day, and Biden just said, was it yesterday or this morning, that he's gonna tone it down until the next elect or the next uh, debate. Well, we're gonna get into that in a little while when it comes to like the Rudy Giuliani October surprise with the Hunter Biden <laughs> electronics, but 
the fact of the matter is, is that, um, you know, they're capping their campaign going into the debate. It's Monday. Um, after the events of the weekend, they said that they're done. I thought it was really uh, interesting coincidence that that laptop broke over the weekend. Kamala Harris had a suspected coronavirus exposure with a negative test, but it was going to quarantine for 14 days, like last Thursday. And then the Hunter Biden laptop leaked, and then the Biden campaign caps all live events canceled up to the debate on Thursday of this week. Um, I think right now they're kind of circling the wagons and seeing where they're at. Trying, probably going back to the drawing board, seeing what else they have left in their quiver to try and save this thing. Yeah. Yeah, they need to figure out what's uh, what's going on. Yeah, so one of your favorite guys last week re- released that uh, House Judiciary findings from the 2016 election. Hmm. That basically confirmed that Christopher Ray, James Comey, Brennan, Clapper were all complicit in... Uh, Hillary Clinton coming up with the uh, Russia hoax. Yeah, Russia collusion hoax. Mm-hmm. That they know it was a hoax. That they went along with it anyway. It went all the way up to the top, and no one's getting a consequence for it. Yeah, how does that? How does that work? Like, look, this is this is my point earlier: is that you can broadcast this stuff on every channel in the world, and a lot of people are still going to go, "Oh, Trump's still bad," and they're never going to own up to the fact that. That whole thing was a four-year witch hunt. But nobody's going to see time for that. Wasting hundreds of millions of dollars. It's frustrating. Yep. It's frustrating being on the side of, of you cheering and supporting somebody. And they're constantly being fake news about that. Repetitively. And it's relentless. <laughs> That's why that mic is <clears throat> a little janky. Here we can just plug it and put it down. Yeah, so good old Adam Schiff basically came out and admitted uh, the finding of his report that they did know that it was all a lie, but at the House level, they're not going to recommend any kind of indictments, consequence, or penalties. Of course not. Right. Doesn't factor into any other investigations that are going on right now, like the Durham probe and uh, things of that nature, but I mean, I know... You're such a big fan of Adam Schiff. Oh, yeah. And all of his work in regards to all things Russia. Like the Trump nudes. <laughs> and the, uh, what did he say? You have that quote memorized. Oh, I do. Oh, there's more than circumstantial evidence. Exactly. <laughs> With his beady eyes. And his pencil neck. Oh, God, he's the worst. I mean, there's a, there's a really good guy running against him in his district. That has put out some pretty fire memes. Really? I mean, ones that are totally not true. They he put the person that's running against Adam Schiff last week put out a meme. George Soros's grandson is married to someone named Schiff. They have no biological relation to each other. But you know, he threw it up there and said, this is Adam, <laughs> yeah, you know, Adam Schiff's sister is married to George Soros's grandson, and Adam Schiff like, and then he called him. The guy who's running at shift called George Soros a Nazi, Nazi sympathizer, which a lot of people 
claim to be true, even though there's no real documented evidence. Yeah, a lot of people do believe that, though. So That guy's like a thousand years old. Well, the thing with George Soros is he was, I believe, taken in by a Hungarian during World War II, and that person would go and inspect places where Jews were suspected of hiding. So that's how they kind of tied the George Soros into being a Nazi, but no one was there. Sounds like a good Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, he put out this meme that said, like, you know, the Washington Swamp is so deep, it goes all the way back to George Soros. <laughs> and, you know, Adam Schiff, like, retweets, and he's like, hey, nice anti-Semitic meme. You know, George Soros is also a Jew, and I don't even have a sister. And, but the guy's like... Wrong. Yeah, he retweets that, and was like, there's nothing anti-Semitic about it. And he's like, at the end of the day, it's funny, so... Yeah, you just have to play along at that yeah. point. So, I mean, I liked it. What do you think about Ice Cube? I like it. I like it a lot. He was going off on CNN. Well, the thing is, is like, as soon as... So, what everybody doesn't realize is that he approached both campaigns. Yeah. And, and the Biden campaign said... You Wait till after the election. Exactly. So, Ice Cube went to the Trump campaign, and they basically said, like, what do you got? I'll listen. Yep. So, he just basically said, like... We're moving forward with this plan that they have to make life better for African Americans in America and, you know, empower them and lift up families and start doing the things that they need to do to basically uh, be more successful in the community and, uh, you know, just build stronger overall. And everybody starts saying that Ice Cube is working with Donald. What they try to do is they try to make it to where it's like no longer attractive to Ice Cube to want to work with Donald Trump because everybody's making it seem like, yeah, you know, he's a dirtbag now for working with him, and that could be further from the case. Which is, it's nice that, and it sounds kind of twisted, but it's nice that it happened to someone like him for the witch hunt to be after him because then he can step back and say, this is probably what it's like. To be the president right now. Right. Like, he's on the other end of that spectrum to where he's getting falsely accused of, you know, being in Trump's pocket and all this stuff. So, for him, he's probably realizing, like, dude, I got betrayed by my own party. Yeah. Because he went to them first. He went to them, and they told him to wait. And now they put him on the witness stand, basically, as, like, a traitor. And um, I watched that whole interview, and he just said, no, I'm working with whoever wants to work with me. And that's it. And it happened to be Trump. He's in power, and that's what it is. And, and I, I really think Trump would invest well into that plan that he has. I mean, I know it's just kind of like uh, in the initial framework of it right now, but I think it's something that he wants to do. Uh, it's one of the promises that he made during the campaign. I mean, if you look at jobs for minorities overall, how high they were, standard of living, average income was all going up. Uh, before the pandemic hit, and I think this would just be a, a positive co- continuation of that moving forward. So I like it. I think once they kind of get everything, like the wheels rolling on it after the election, I can see more people coming on board. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in the African American community that support Donald Trump. I think a lot of them are going through, you know, congressional and Senate and House campaigns right now, and there's other ones who are like in the entertainment business. But uh, I think I think you'd be able to put together a pretty good team of people who really want to, you know, move the black community forward and uh, start meeting the needs and and the things that they've wanted to see change in this country for a really long time. Well, and one of the positive things 
in this aspect is <clears throat> when Trump gets reelected and Ice Cube comes on board as far as helping further the community, like you said, in, in all aspects, whoever doesn't get on board with that is going to seem, in a sense, racist because Trump or uh, Ice Cube's not even a Trump supporter. And if he can work with him and it's like, put your differences aside and do what needs to get done, what matters. And if you don't want to be a part of that, then that shows your true colors. Exactly. I, I don't think you're, you're hitting it right on the head right there. What do you guys feel about the uh, possibility of a stimulus coming our way in the next 14 days? November 1st. Everyone's going to check their bank account before they go vote. Nah, it's not happening. I doubt it. Yeah. Pelosi won't let it happen. Percentage. Read. Mm. Low teens. Low teens. Yeah. Really? I'm I'm hovering in the mid 30s. I'm gonna say 33.7 percent chance that we get a stimulus. Well, I mean, if you look at both sides of the argument and both sides of what they're doing, nah, it's not coming. You couldn't ask for two bigger turds when it comes to Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> they just want to shove so much stuff, and it's like just give people money. It's you don't it. need to have. All these extra things and this and that and have your agenda in it. Yeah, but can't let a crisis go to waste. Exactly. Never, never let a good crisis go to waste. I, I saw um, the proposed Nancy Pelosi stimulus bill, the original one, the two point. The first one. Yeah, the two point eight seven trillion had so much bullshit in it. The money that she was earmarking for democratically ran cities who ran themselves into the red and was going to meet all of those payroll and budget areas in addition to paying the teachers union billions while only earmarking millions for things that would actually go to reopening schools. It equaled the entire defense budget for this fiscal year. She would pay out billions to the teachers fund to keep them from opening schools back up so yeah. we look like idiots and I don't know the exact numbers but let's just say like one billion dollars was going to be given to the teachers union there would be like hundreds of thousand dollars earmarked for all the things they needed to do in regards to ventilation systems uh, washing stations sanitation extra janitorial for reopening schools so so those those what would happen is that they would give the stimulus and then they still wouldn't fucking open and that's the terrible part about it right now is that you know the teachers unions are just not going to go back to work or they're waiting to see what Washington CC gives them uh, before they make any kind of decision on it the only people that are getting screwed over are the kids and the parents right now Gosh. yeah it's terrible it really is um, got some audio I think we should uh, Raiden's favorite DC politician after Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi got into it with a usual friend on CNN this week, Wolf Blitzer, <laughs> and uh, had kind of a meltdown. Wolf Blitzer kind of—it's pretty interesting to see CNN. In the last week, I've seen Jake Tapper go after a Biden surrogate who went on to talk about Amy Coney Barrett, and she basically went on there, and her point was going to be. Her being nominated and confirmed to the Supreme Court was unconstitutional. And Jake Tapper, who is pretty much a garbage person, I guess still showed some flashes of journalistic integrity by <laughs> asking her to just explain to him where 
what article, what exactly are you guys focusing on legally when you say it's unconstitutional? And she had no answer. She just kept saying it's unconstitutional, the people should choose. It's unconstitutional, the people need to vote and then choose. And he really let her have it and said she needed to go back to the drawing board and come back with a better excuse in regards to her because she flew through the confirmation hearings. Yeah. And anyone that thinks the Democrats wouldn't be doing the exact same thing is out of their mind. So that kind of caught my attention. And that was like last Monday-ish. I I was hearing it on the podcast and then saw it on some of the conservative news channels. And then towards the end of the week, it was right before the weekend, Nancy Pelosi went on Wolf Blitzer and I thought he was going to lob her some questions and talk shit about Mitch McConnell and talk shit about Donald Trump. But it was just completely opposite. Uh, They got into it in regards to the stimulus package and then this is kind of where it went. Uh, on CNN. And as you know, there are Americans uh, who are being evicted from their homes. They can't pay the rent. Mm. Many Americans are waiting in food lines for the first time in their lives. Uh, Can you look them in the eye, Madam Speaker, and explain why you don't want to accept the president's latest stimulus offer? Well, because, uh, thank you very much, uh, Wolf, and I I hope you'll ask the same question of the Republicans about why they don't really want to meet the needs of the American people. But let me say to those people, because all of my colleagues, we represent these people. Uh, I have for over 30 years represented my constituents. Uh, I know what their needs are. I listen to them. And their needs are not addressed in the president's proposal. So when you say to me, why don't you accept theirs? Why don't they accept ours? Our legislation is there uh, to do three things primarily, to honor our workers, honor our heroes, our healthcare workers, our police and fire first responders, our teachers, our transportation, sanitation, food workers, the people who make our lives work. We couldn't be doing what we're doing without them. Many of them have risked their lives so that they had to save lives, and that. now they will lose mm-hmm. their jobs. Her dentures are loose. That's why. Excuse me for interrupting. Go back. They really need the money right now, uh, and even members of I understand that, but if but even members of your own question. Even members of your own caucus, Madam Speaker, uh, want to accept this deal. $1.8 trillion. Congressman Ro Khanna, yeah, yeah, for example. Wait, wait, well, let, me just, let me just quote Ro Khanna. <laughs> I, I was actually surprised. I assume you admire him. He's a Democrat. If you would have told me this was on, like, this. He said, Chuck Carlson or Hannity. Yeah, easily. I would have been like, okay, I can see it. $1.8 trillion is significant and more than twice the Obama stimulus. Make a deal. Put the ball in McConnell court. So what do you say to Ro Khanna? What I say to you is, I don't know why you're always an apologist, and many of your colleagues apologists for the Republican position. Rokana, that's nice. That isn't what we're going to do, and nobody's waiting till February. So that was Nancy Pelosi. How do you she dodge that question like a bullet? And not only that, like I understand they still got MSNBC is like the bastard redhead stepchild of the DNC, <clears throat> but for years CNN has been like their go-to when they want to either talk shit about it, the administration or throw yeah. a long-time Republican senator under the bus. They can go there and get their bullshit talking point across 24-7. And that went south quick. Uh, I don't know if Wolf Blitzer has had someone or more than one person die from COVID or something, but she obviously hit a nerve with her non-answers like she always does, and she just likes to throw everything back on the job that she doesn't do on Donald Trump. Uh, I can't imagine someone more 
disconnected from their constituents, even though she said she represents them. She is responsible for one of the biggest shitholes in America when it comes to San Francisco and how bad that city's gotten over the last 20 years. Yeah. And the only thing her constituents need is uh, toilet paper because they crap all over the everywhere street. there. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is, what in that bill, like she, she mentioned first responder sanitation and all that. But that's not a majority of the people. Right. That's a very small percentage of people that are first responders that are... And before she went into all those first responders and stuff, she did say the teachers and blah, blah, blah. The people who are essentially yeah. not working right now. But that's my thing is, what do they need? If you want to give these people help, give them a stimulus check. With no bullcrap taxes attached. Because everything she's proposing is more taxed. Yep. It's just more tax money. More tax money. Give everyone $1,200. Is it going to last? No. It's not meant to. It's meant to put a little bit of food on the table. It's not meant to pay your mortgage. It's not meant to pay your auto registration. That stuff has to wait. It is what it is right now. It's meant to make the ends meet, but it was meant to make the ends meet three months ago. Right now, the ends are so far apart. I mean, even people like, you know, we talk at work, and in our line of profession, we make a decent amount of money for what we do, and I would say we're better than well off, but there's people that, you know, whether it be we're because of overtime or they relied on their spouse who doesn't work in our line of work uh, for a second income that may have gotten furloughed or reduced salary. You know, even people that are, are doing well financially are hurting right now. Yeah. Um, and the bills are starting to pile up and the people are all stuck at home and, and I would say probably two, two-thirds of the American states and they're already starting to hype up the shitty flu season that's on the horizon it looks like they're going to parlay the flu into uh corona right covid 2.0 electric boogaloo the second shutdown and i mean who knows where we go from there uh i just think that uh you know wolf blitzer even though i don't really respect him journalistically because he does push a lot of bullshit um he showed some signs of being an actual human being who is fed up with... Not he's pro- Yeah, he's probably legitimately fed up. And yeah. it came out in that segment. That's, that, that goes into like another bigger thing. I, I, was, I was thinking about it the other day. You know, you, you got all these complete morons on the progressive left. The Bernie Sanders wing of the Democratic Party. You got Bernie Sanders, AOC, uh, Presley, Omar. That whole group of just off the wall, want to run the country into the ground financially, socialist. They have not only split the Democratic Party, but ate the same mouthful of shit that they did in 2016 in regards to the Democrats have been doing fucked up illegal stuff for decades. But it really came to the forefront in the 2016 election with all the stuff that the, from Clinton smashing the laptops and breaking the blackberries and with the bleach bit to the Russian investigation and the fake Ukraine narrative to the bullshit impeachment thing right into coronavirus and now you know here we are in election again and, and and what do you find you find the progressive left instead of trying to meet in the middle and being actual human beings who serve the people that put them in office completely backing off and sucking up to Wall Street, big money, big tech, big media, and some empty suit who's running for election that's just as corrupt as Hillary Clinton, 
going to be just as guilty of all legal shit like she did in Joe Biden and his family, and they've done nothing about it. I mean, now that I just see all this stuff that's going on right now, two weeks out, and you want to start talking about the big bombshell Hunter Biden laptop thing that dropped last week. Um, Bernie Sanders should have been the Democratic nominee. I can't stomach him, but at the end of the day, he should have been. If him and uh, Tulsi Gabbard got together and put together something, or him or her and Andrew Yang, they could have had a really good chance. See, that's the thing. Like Tulsi Gabbard caters to a very small demographic in America right now. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like rah rah for her. I know there's rumors that she might be leaving the Democratic Party and becoming like independent. Right. Taking the Joe Lieberman route. Which, which is, is kind of, she's truly more of an independent. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Yang caters to very few people. I mean, he's he's charismatic, charismatic, but he's not a politician. Uh, being a math wizard does not make you uh, qualified to run the highest office in the land. I think the only reason he would have had a shot was his proposal on universal income. I think people would have taken that bait for all it's worth. A lot of people on the left. And maybe, you know, here's the other thing is you have people that are diehard liberals no matter what. And they'll never vote for a Republican. So whoever you put on the ballot in blue, they're going to check that. Whether it's Bernie Sanders or Hillary or Biden or, you know, whoever ends up on that at the end of the day is going to be who they're voting for. I just think that it's sad that they go out and they cause such a ruckus in Congress and they say all this ridiculously crazy off the wall, like money-wise stuff in regards to like the Green New Deal and healthcare for all and free fucking college. And then you got Bernie Sanders, you got AOC, and you got Elon Omar out there at their own rallies, supporting Joe Biden, supporting big Wall Street, supporting big tech, you know, and all the things uh, that they say they stand for. I, I think it's funny, Bernie Sanders used to bitch about millionaires over and over and over again for years. You know, millionaires in his terrible Northeast accent until he became one, until he got three houses, until he started <laughs> making all the money that he has now. And now he refers to billionaires instead of millionaires. And it, it's just... It's sickening. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks that they have voted so many of those progressives into where they're actually, at least at the verbal shock value relevant right now, they have no fucking power when it comes to anything to do with politics in Washington, D.C., though. And, and it just showed it. Like, Bernie Sanders should have beat uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016. And as soon as, like, big money and Wall Street got on board and said, you know what, we're going to back this candidate, they fucking crushed him. And they did the same thing this this election cycle. And now they put up some idiot Joe Biden who's at the end of the road, age-wise, mental-wise, career-wise, and all of this stuff is starting to come out with absolute, like... I don't think Joe Biden, honestly, if all of the stuff that's breaking in regards to the laptops and his son and him and his son and his brother's business dealing, which we'll get into in a little bit, I don't think Joe Biden can pass a security clearance right now. Honestly. Well, not... Yeah, I mean... In all honesty, the stuff that he's got within his immediate family, he probably couldn't even do what we do. No. As far as our job. And we're we're public trust. I mean, I'm talking about like uh, top secret or I don't know. He probably has the highest clearance. Yeah, whatever the top level of clearance is for 
the executive level. So yeah. how funny would that be if someone basically wins the election and then they can't really pass a true background check? Yeah, once they get to that echelon, they're like, we can't really give you a security clearance with all the drama you got going on. Can we take that? Yeah. Can you edit that out? Hmm. Sorry, midnight shift. Well. We good? Yeah. All right, well, I think it's time to move on to the topic of the week, which is probably the biggest story that's not on... CNN and MSNBC and any of the mainstream newspaper outlets and stuff right now, but which is garnering steam and becoming more interesting. It's the uh, New York Post expose that came out, I believe it was Friday night into Saturday uh, this week in regards to the uh, Hunter Biden laptops. Yeah, this is juicy. Yeah. So apparently here's how the story goes. Someone close to Hunter Biden, one of his assistants, dropped off three electronical devices to a repair shop in, I believe it was Delaware, and he signed a contract, uh, did not have to pay up front, and if he did not retrieve the devices after 90 days, they would become property of the shop. the repairs were done to the devices. They tried to reach out to Hunter Biden several times, and after the 90 days had passed, um, the owner took possession of the laptop. Now, it's pretty standard. Anybody who knows anything about electronics, how they're traded, how they're sold, pawn shops, and stores like that, before you resell anything that you take possession of when it's coming from someone who brings it in for repair or whatnot, you have to go through the device and do your due diligence to make sure there's no illicit material on there in regards to like child pornography and things of that nature. So I guess when this guy, the shop owner, went through the laptop, uh, he found tons, thousands of emails of downloaded text conversations uh, between Hunter Biden and people from all over the world, Ukraine, China, Russia in regards to basically Hunter Biden being the intermediate or the contact person for all of these foreign entities and his father in regards to money and equity and things of that nature. So the New York Post broke the story and in addition to all of those correspondences there were hundreds if not thousands of pictures and videos of Hunter Biden performing sexual acts uh, with women, um, doing every drug under the sun, passed out with a crack pipe in his mouth. I I first thought that was photoshopped. So did I. So did I. I was like, there's no way this idiot has a picture of him with a crack pipe in his mouth on his laptop. But not only is it that picture, it's him actually smoking crack and there's a picture of him snorting coke off of a lady's ass and just I, I know it's, it's laughable but come at the same on time, man so here's the thing like a lot of people call it the Hunter Biden laptop and yes it was his but at the end of the day you have to look at what the real facts are and the biggest one is Hunter Biden is a drug addict he's always been one and he is a complete scumbag and always has been one of those two 
after Bo Biden died, uh, it was revealed that Hunter Biden was having an affair while his brother was dying with his brother's wife. Uh, they were married. Uh, he cheated on her. He had an illegitimate child with a stripper and then divorced his dead brother's wife. Um, in addition, he's had problems with drugs his entire time. Uh, his father, Joe Biden, pushed and pulled strings to get him into the Navy. And the first time that guy stepped foot on base and got a drug test, he pos- tested positive for cocaine and was dishonorably discharged. I mean, that's a fact. A lot of people say it's like a Republican talking point or something that, you know, the right or conservatives say for shock value. It's a fact. He was dishonorably discharged from the Navy for failing a drug test. Uh, in addition, Hunter Biden sat on the board of foreign entities all over the world from China, Russia, and Ukraine, energy companies, uh, real estate companies, to where he has little to no experience doing and has made millions off of you know, these business ventures um, without kind of tying the elephant in the room to the fact. like. How does he have all of these foreign contacts? How does he have all of these places and positions where he's making so much money uh, with no experience? And everything points to these countries using him to get to his father. Um, during the Obama administration, Joe Biden was appointed to lead the, and we'll talk like in regards to COVID, so it makes it easier for the listener to correlate like the task force to uh, stop China, China's pivot to Asia. Uh, China's been becoming less reliant on the world and expanding itself for decades. Uh, whenever countries are hit by pandemics, natural disasters, uh, are war-torn, China comes in and they scoop up real estate. And they expand their empire uh, and the CP, the CCP, the China Communist Party, uh, that way. Uh, they own a ton of property in the United States. They own a ton of property in Latin America. Uh, they just went through Europe, I believe, Germany, Spain, uh, Italy for sure. And places that were just ravaged by coronavirus where businesses were closing and people couldn't you know, pay for things in regards to property and cities were going under in some of these countries in Europe and China just went in and across the board bought them. And, you know, they've been becoming less reliant on the United States for a long time to where we're no longer, I wouldn't even want to call it partners and now kind of global rivals. So when Joe Biden was appointed to this task force to stop the spread of uh, the Chinese into either building islands or staking claim to other places in Asia that were outside of China and militarizing them, um, a lot of things happened that don't really go along the lines of what his job was tasked to do. First of all, Joe Biden met for almost 30 hours in off-the-books, private, one-on-one, they called them dinners with uh, President Xi over there in China. What was discussed during those times 
is not released because there's no official United States transcripts because they weren't official uh, on the books or on the scheduled meetings. But it's becoming abundantly clear now, which what was uh, discussed was how Joe Biden was going to make money to have the United States back off in every way, shape or form from China. And the only thing that came out of those meetings of Joe Biden leading that task force uh, during the Obama administration was China expanded all over different parts of Asia and militarized uh, islands and built new bases and intellectual property rights uh, were violated in the United States at nearly tenfold than what they were previously. Um, Joe Biden has taken a stance in the 2020 election of saying that China is a partner and not a threat and basically saying the things that President Trump has done in regards to the travel ban, in regards to holding China responsible for coronavirus, in regards to, um, you bring, know, being a mili- bring manufacturing back to the U.S. Exactly, being a military threat, and the United States not being reliant on China as you know, racist and xenophobic and stuff like that. It's just furthest from the case. I think on the geopolitical scale, Russia and China are kind of on the same page. Um, in regards to ideological uh, philosophies, and they together are probably the biggest threats to the United States in regards to modern warfare as well. Yeah, that will eventually come to a head, but that's not where we're at right now. In those emails that were on the hundred button laptops and corresponding text messages, um, it basically showed that the Chinese government, the Russian government, the Ukraine government, oligarchs in Ukraine. The widowed former mayor's wife in Russia and literally the Chinese Communist Party used Hunter Biden to get to Joe Biden and paid them all handsomely uh, for not only their time, but to get inroads into the United States and to basically sneak their way in here um, in ways that they'd never been allowed before. Um, $3.5 $3.5 million exchanged from the widowed mayor's wife uh, from Russia. Jeez. Uh, the Ukrainian oligarch in regards to real estate and things of that nature is totaled almost up to $30 million. And then the CCP uh, entered an equity firm as a one-fourth partner Listen to these characters. And, and, and this just tells you how deep the swamp is. You have Hunter Biden, Joe and Joe Biden as one-fourth part, Chinese Communist Party as one-fourth part, John Kerry's stepson as one-fourth part, Jeez. and Whitey Bulger's grandson <laughs> as one-fourth part. He's probably the cleanest out of all of them. Out of all of them. <laughs> and that, that, oh, man. that business deal uh, into property and the equity fund has gone over 1.57 billion dollars to the Bidens and and those emails are damning I mean they basically say like you know Hunter Biden talking to his sister uh, at least your dad's not holding like 50% of your salary for the work that I do and uh, somebody talking about They've pretty much been able to determine that the big guy who's in thousands of these emails he's referenced as is Joe Biden. You know, we're saving 10% for the big guy. We're putting a million dollars away for the big guy. It's going to cost 
1.5 million dollars just to get the big guy to sign but then there's going to be a 10 million dollar retainer in regards to all these countries who are geopolitical rivals with us and the mainstream media ignored it uh twitter facebook censored it as either fake news or hacked information that shouldn't be released because of the individual involved may not want it released and which is ridiculous all you have to do is look at two weeks prior someone who worked for the new york times got the trump tax returns from the court that he was appealing it in not only did they leak it but they leaked the actual documents so it wasn't just like an informative hit piece it was here are the court documents just in case you don't believe this is what the president owed or paid in taxes um, in these years that you know we're talking about right now it was all over twitter facebook instagram every news story covered it they brought it up in the first debate they brought it up in the town hall uh people drive by you know hit piece when he's getting on the plane when he's getting on marine one when he's going back and forth to a rally did you really pay only 750 dollars in income taxes and this that and the other thing and i think trump did a good job during the town hall of breaking it down where he said that number is irrelevant to his net worth and the fact that he could refinance some of those loans that he owns and be two or three times more positive in regards to the money that he owes. Um, we don't know because he hasn't released his tax returns where he's at right now, but I think at the end of the day, not a lot of people care anymore. I mean, I, I don't really see it. Like if, if yeah. I find out that Donald Trump used corporate loopholes and expensive lawyers to pay the least amount of taxes to maximize his business, I can honestly give a shit. Yeah, that's what, I mean, look, <clears throat> tax laws are already a mess. Right, because of the Democrats. Exactly, and, you, and if you can expose that and minimize the amount you pay, people forget, when you get a refund back, that's not the government hooking you up. No. That's your money. Yes. Like, when I get money back from the government on taxes, I don't feel relieved. I feel like I kind of got screwed. Oh, you still get money back? For now, I, so, less and less every year. It's coming. Our tax guy used to work. He was an auditor for the IRS, so he's uh, a little extensive. So getting back to these laptops, what was on it? So this shop owner discovered all this stuff, all of these links, these people, specifics, emails. Now we're talking still in 2019. We're talking before impeachment is when this happened. That's what the sad part is. We're in the end of October in 2020, literally two weeks away from the election. And something that came out before the impeachment trial, this shop owner reached out to the RNC, specific members of Congress on the Republican side, and said, hey, this is what I have. This is what it says. You should probably come down here and get this. <laughs> and I know digitally these things were exchanged between the shop owner and members of the Republican Party, and they thought it was A, too inflammatory, B, possibly unverifiable. They backed off. A month later, the shop owner reaches out to the FBI. He made digital copies of all three electronic devices that were dropped off at the shop. The FBI took it. Christopher Ray, after the Mueller probe, before the impeachment probe, knowing all this shit going on, what happened with fucking Hillary Clinton and the whole fucking Russia thing, and they sat on it for all this time. They've had every single email, text message, picture, 
everything since before the impeachment trial. Never got back to the guy. <laughs> he waits another month. They get into the impeachment trial. Impeachment trial is over. Donald Trump's acquitted of impeachment. Doesn't stick. He says, you want to know what? I've seen Rudy Giuliani on the news with Jay Sekulow and all the other guys, Trump's lawyers out there showing face during the trial, working that case. I'm going to reach out. So I guess somebody, maybe a lawyer now for this shop owner, reached out to attorneys associated with Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani probably camped with the Trump uh, you know, the Oval Office and Rudy went down there and got digital copies and actually one of the three devices physically and took possession of it. I don't know why. Uh, part of me thinks because coronavirus just basically kind of threw everything off track and it would be hard to push a narrative this important at like the height or the initial shutting down stages of the pandemic. But here comes Rudy Giuliani last Friday on any network that would take him uh, talking about the October surprise of these Hunter Biden laptops. And right now, uh, it's looking pretty bad for the Bidens. I was listening to the Steve Bannon show over the weekend. He does a podcast. And he basically said the way it's going to go down now is... Rudy Giuliani, Steve Bannon, and a couple other people that are working on it have sent out bits and pieces of different stories in regards to things that the Bidens have done. You have Joe Biden as, like, former vice president, getting all of this money, compromising the American people, and hurting people in the countries that he's receiving money from while he's running for president. You have his son running around fucking everything up that he touches <laughs> and exposing all this stuff in regards to his father. Now you have to think there's some other things going on too. Um, Joe Biden's brother, I believe his name is Frank, is another one. So after the Iraq war, during the troop initial pullout uh, and the rebuilding phase, Joe Biden's brother gets some government contract worth millions of dollars. He has never worked in housing. He has never worked in development. He's never worked in regards to running a company ever. And he gets this huge government contract thanks to Joe Biden and uh, using his executive office to hook up his family and, and, and you know, pat it along the way. We were talking about it the other day at work. I think in 2012, Joe and his wife were worth a little under $300,000. I saw that. Yeah. And then the, what is it now? It's it's in the millions. It's like 800 and something million. Yeah. It's something ridiculous. And it's just completely out of control right now where they're at. And the media basically has become complicit with social media shutting this story down. Uh, Twitter locked the accounts of the Trump campaign, the Trump campaign uh, top spokesman, the White House press secretary, Kelly McEnany, and the New York Post Twitter and Facebook accounts all last week uh, and said even though they've gone and 
with a lot of pushback from Washington, D.C. on both sides of the aisle in regards to First Amendment violation, that they will restructure and re, uh, you know, kind of disseminate the way that they're going to um, censor certain things. However, even if this was allowed to get pushed now as a narrative, all of those accounts need to completely delete everything in regards to it before their accounts are unlocked, period, because their accounts were unlocked for what they considered at the time a violation. That's so stupid. It's ri- absolutely ridiculous and couldn't be furthest thing from the truth because it's, it's turned out this true. So getting back to the Steve Bannon podcast, they said they've put out stuff to Tucker Carlson, Ben Shapiro, Sean Hannity, Russian Law, One America, Fox News, all different bits and pieces. And what they're basically doing now is saying, we're going to leak a little bit here. We're going to leak a little bit there. We want to see what the Biden campaigns do. If they lie about it, here comes the full portion of that story and them caught in the lie. Now, here's the thing. And we talked about it uh, earlier in the show. We don't know if it's enough to change voters, but it's just one of those things in regards to the whole big scheme of things, the political landscape right now that you can't ignore. I mean, Joe Biden is the biggest empty suit in the history of running for president, period. He <clears throat> goes with the flow. He has really deep pockets that are being filled with cash by all these foreign entities and some real enemies of the United States. And his level of corruption... I used to think the guy was a complete moron, but he's right up there with Hillary Clinton right now in regards to the money trail. And he might not have the body count, but at the same time... <laughs> yeah, he probably definitely doesn't have the physical body count. Right. But the, the sad part is on top of all the corruption is how incompetent he is. Yes. Like, these are two separate issues that should eliminate somebody from getting, getting votes from a legitimate, respectable person. The fact that his incompetence and his corruption are both being overlooked by people who just think you know it's funny someone posted a, I think it was uh, Candace Owens uh-huh. posted a tweet basically saying I'll pull it up because I'm going to butcher it um, but it's just funny how all the, everyone is so blind to the truth as far as who these people are and what they stand for and people only really want to vote for who celebrities are telling them to vote for. It's ridiculous. This thing I'm going to pull it up right now. Here you go. <clears throat> she says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you find yourself agreeing with the mainstream media, the millionaire celebrities, and the billionaire tech owners, you're not part of the resistance. You're a programmed sheep. What, what does that even mean? <laughs> it's just a shot at, like, everybody. Yep. At least, I mean, a majority of our generation... Um, you know, people are claiming they're part of this resistance and they're falling into the trap of exactly what the left wants them is just mindless people that are going to vote because they're blue. Yeah. Uh, the media has remained complicit in this. The Biden campaign has not denied one thing in regards to uh, this. And, and it's not going away. It's going to get a lot worse. Um, There are reports that there are some really illicit stuff on there. Uh, We don't want to make any accusations, but... I was going to bring this up earlier. Did you see that the FBI 
um, top attorney in regards to child pornography. Is the one that signed the warrant. Yep. For the laptop. I was going to bring that up earlier. I totally forgot. But that's interesting because. I mean, I would. I wouldn't want to wish. There's that on his laptop. Right. Because I would, as a parent, we all. I think that hits parents a different way. Yeah, and apparently this, those those things happened while in China, um, and it was closed circuit, filmed by the CCP. So is there a confirmation that those explicit, specific explicit items? Right now it's a rumor. And is it based off of the guy who signed for the signed the warrant for his laptop cool. as in head of child pornography? Because that's not really a coincidence. I feel like the FBI is so terrible right now. Like, here's the thing, and, and getting back to it, Christopher <clears throat> Ray had this since October of 2019. He's so lucky that we're so close to an election, and Donald Trump firing him would be such a negative optic that takes away from this real issue. Uh, it might take the non-educated voter to go from one direction to another. You can guarantee, though, November 4th, after Trump's declared the There'll winner, be some turnover in the FBI. He will be fucking out on his ass, if not in hand. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at how Trump runs the second term. Well, here's the thing. He's not, gonna, he's not risking re-election. Absolutely. So he's going to be doing what he believes is right. Yeah. And I think that's going to be nice when it comes to the coronavirus because I think things are going to start opening back up pretty rapidly. I hope. Because this right. is getting ridiculous. Oh, here we go. I got a clip of Joe Biden. Uh, like I said, they have not denied, uh, nobody in the Biden campaign has denied any of the stuff that's come out on this laptop in regards to the emails, text messages, pictures of Hunter Biden, or ownership of the laptop. In addition to that, Top attorneys for the Biden campaign, immediately after this story broke over the weekend, reached out to the shop owner and asked for the remaining two of three electronic devices that the shop owner was still in possession of to be returned to the Biden campaign, to which he said. They're technically abandoned at that point, yeah. and the shop owner retains ownership, which is pretty common in a shop, in any repair shop. Basically, when you are paying for someone to temporarily possess your items, if you don't pay and don't pick them up within a certain amount of time, that's why you sign contracts. And that becomes property of Shopper, kind of like we talked about earlier. I, I hope it plays without an ad, but here's here's Joe Biden doing his best old man rivers in regards to a CBS reporter actually reporting and asking him what does he think about uh, the revelations from this laptop. Um, How recent is this one? This is from yesterday. Okay. He has no response. Another smear campaign. I know you'd ask it, and it's another smear campaign. There are emails literally with his name on it and pictures of his fucking son literally doing drugs on it. Snorting cocaine off of strippers' asses. Who takes pictures of that? Why would you take and then archive that on your laptop? Because he's a drug addict. Um, and here's another thing. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but there is a guy who is currently serving a prison sentence who is a former business partner of Hunter Biden who is in jail for things that have to do with bond fraud. Um, Interesting. Not only has he flipped and is now cooperating with the FBI, but he has also turned over to Rudy Giuliani 
all access to his personal Gmail account, which includes not only some of the emails that are on the Hunter Biden laptop, which he CC'd in, but um, corresponding emails and additional communications directly in regards to those financial things that the Biden family has been making money off of for years. Wow. So, um, Adam Schiff, getting back to him, hmm. was out way ahead of this because he knows it's been rummaging around the FBI for the last couple of months and said this is a disinformation campaign by the Russians and it should be completely vetted at the highest level and ran through a whole bunch of fucking committees before we even start to look at it. Um, of course. Yeah, exactly. However, um, the DNI today um, came out and he said the Director of National Intelligence... John Ratcliffe, during an exclusive interview with Fox Business, um, said this morning that he believes and there will be more indictments uh, coming from this and from attorney John Durham in regards to the Trump Russia probe and now the Hunter Biden laptop. So that's first. Uh, He also said that the contents of the laptop have been verified by the um, director of intelligence and they have been verified to be true. Oh man! So yeah, things are not looking good uh, for the Biden campaign. Where does where is Hunter Biden at right now? That's a good question. Um, hopefully, not getting suicided. Uh, I say it with <laughs> right. It's kind of funny. The old two to the back of the head. Yeah, <laughs> killed himself in his living room. Um, I hope. I hope that. I just hope people pay attention to this. That's my big thing right now. Is if people legitimately paid attention to all the smear campaign that is thrown at the Republicans and how false that is, and then the overlooking of all this legitimate stuff that's wrong with the Democratic Party, if people paid attention to that and took that to the polls, it would be not even a landslide. It would be an obliteration. Yep. Yeah, here it is. The, the Director of National Intelligence confirms that the information on Hunter Biden's laptop is not part of a Russian disinformation campaign and is, in fact, genuine. There you go. Yeah. Um, Anybody on Capitol Hill, including Chairman Adam Schiff or any other member of Congress that say this about Hunter Biden's laptop is some part of a Russian disinformation campaign is simply not telling the truth. Um, So I, I, I like where this was going. Uh, people in addition to us who were completely fucking fed up with this uh, happened to be Donald Trump. Uh, they got him today. He participated in a rally this afternoon, and when he was disembarking from the plane in Phoenix, um, they were able to get him and asked him uh, just about what, what he thought. And here he is talking to a reporter on the tarmac. How the fuck do you not love this guy? Um, Let me tell you something. Tell you what. Right, exactly. Tell you what. He is so fucking fed up. If you just look at it on paper right now, and I'm not talking about the 
Everything Sunny in Philadelphia conspiracy theory with the red twine saying, you know. <laughs> with the cigarette. It's, yeah, it's not that anymore. <laughs> we're so far past that. Right now, we're at the point. Donald Trump was fake impeached for what Joe Biden has literally fucking done. <laughs> okay, Joe Biden has received money from Ukrainian oligarchs. Joe Biden has received money from the China Communist Party. Joe Biden has received money from Russia, directly from them, either to his son, into his pockets, or directly into his fucking pockets in regards to equity and property and stuff along that nature. It's like they got the idea, like, how, how can we screw Trump over? It's like, well, what's Biden doing? Well, and it's like we... He's like, accepting money from Russia. It's like, well, just do that. Make, you know... It's what we were talking about before in regards to the progressives pussing off and bowing down to Wall Street and then putting up another candidate who they are banking on will win so all of these fucking investigations go away. And... That's why, regardless of your political affiliation, regardless of who you voted for in the last election, regardless if Donald Trump bothers you with his tweets, look at his track record and what he's done. I mean, we all know at the end of the day, orange man bad, bad man orange. Sometimes the orange man is fat and always bad, but definitely he's always awesome orange. But just look at the track record. I mean, you can't... There's going to be a huge... Trump derangement syndrome get out the vote in this election and there has to be a counter to that and it needs to be the same voter the independent the swing state voter the moderate liberal who just says you want to know what I watched after the New York Post article was censored on social media I believe it was Friday and Saturday they had a rally at Twitter headquarters I think it was in San Francisco the person who organized the rally was an African American guy he did not describe any political affiliation. There was no Trump flags or MAGA hats. They basically went to Twitter to talk about how inappropriate it is for them to censor things that they don't agree with because of political affiliation. Antifa showed up, and I watched on, on Twitter. Uh, they didn't censor this video. Two people from Antifa beat the absolutely living shit out of the African-American First Amendment right protest organizer in front of Twitter headquarters, and he lost two fucking teeth and had to go to the hospital. That's where we're at right now. All the people who are anti-fascist, who are anti-racist, who are anti-Nazi, who are anti-Trump, are being paid by Wall Street, basically the deep state, definitely the DMC, and big government to be their militaristic wing of defense for when they don't agree with their fucking... It's the cleanup crew. It is. And that's what we were talking about a couple minutes ago in regards to Trump having a completely different mandate if he gets elected. He has no responsibility to anything except being the fucking president next time he doesn't have to worry about. If they come up with impeachment articles next term, I would just be like, have fucking fun. I don't give a fuck. And I would continue to do exactly what I would do. I would meet with world leaders. I would continue to send federal officers to all of these cities where these idiots are still running around. Portland's at like 150 days of bullshit every single fucking night. <laughs> starting fires, looting businesses, breaking shit down, and now moving into the suburbs. Well, I believe in when he says I would fix that shit in a half hour. Just like he said with the stimulus package, I could fix that shit in two minutes. That means he would sign off on something and it would get fucking done. If they didn't like it, well, you had fucking last what are we almost at? Eight months of fucking bullshit to figure something out and get people money or open back up. So that's the thing. You may not like him, but he's a New York businessman with an attitude and he 
talks a lot of fucking shit, but that's the way people on the East Coast are. Did you see? I'm a huge UFC fan. That's my favorite thing to watch. There's a UFC fighter. Oh, do you like UFC? Maybe. Sometimes. Never watched it. Nah, never. Yeah. Too barbaric. Yeah. Um, I just. I like. I prefer live leagues. <laughs> I'll just watch it. Two X. There you go. There's a fighter named Jorge Masvidal, and he just came out. I never. He never really spoke politically about his affiliations, but when he came out and he agreed, gave a great speech. He said, "How can you not vote for him? How can you live yeah. here and not vote?" For he him? said, "We used to be winning Super Bowls." Yep. Yeah, the Colby Covington you know, uh, quote was better. That guy's amazing. Yeah. What about the LeBron hysterical. James quotes? No. Uh, well, that's who Colby Covington was responding to. He called him out. How are you gonna call it a UFC fighter? Or, you know, he didn't respond. Yeah. Oh, and he won't. Well, yeah. What are you gonna do at the end of the day? Are you gonna fight him? He's gonna kill you. Well, everybody knows this Trump, the Trump curse is real. I honestly thought LeBron James was gonna pay his penance in losing the NBA Finals this year. Uh, apparently, he might die though, because I mean, if you don't suck at what you do professionally and get bit by the Trump curse, then <laughs> yeah, you, you die basically. So, I love how he always talks about oppression and stuff. You see, he bought his uh, six-year-old six-year-old daughter. Or twelve year old daughter? It was she's either little. she's little. It was either a twelve year old daughter a six million dollar house or a six year old daughter a twelve million dollar house. It was one of the other in California. So blessed. In the most expensive state in Western civilization. I used to root for that guy. Just because I used to hate the way the media railed on him for the way he was moving around and stuff, but after just watching him come out of his shell politically and that you could tell, like, first of all, China pulls the strings on every single thing he does. And secondly, he really doesn't like this country. I think he's, he, I think he's disg- like he's always had a bad taste in his mouth for like America. Period, based off of the way the media and the fans used to treat him. I mean, I always felt like LeBron James went out and played with a chip on his shoulder because he's like, "But I'm really good, so why don't you like me just because I'm good?" But now I can like tell he's so deep in the pockets of China, and he just. I don't know. It's just, let, I'll just put it this way. You will never fucking beat Michael Jordan, period. He's the GOAT and you're not. Someone, someone the other day said, until someone gets robbed at knife point for their LeBrons, you're not better than Michael Jordan. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, We're winding up here. We got, what do we got this week? We got, we're three days away from the last debate. Uh, we're looking to get back on what, Monday? Yeah, it should be good. Schedule next Monday and then... Mondays work night. best because my kids are at school. Cool. Rated? Tuesday night, election? That's two weeks from now, but we're going to go next Monday. Pre-election show. No, pre-election. That's for eight. Hey, next week's show number 10, double digits. Congratulations to Nick. Yeah. He made it. There it is. Yeah. He found me. I, I guess you, even though you said, like, what, about 17 words in about three shows? Oh, I figured you'd... He's the fact checker. Yeah. Have you checked any facts? I'm the Jamie of <laughs> Honestly, Joe Rogan. You're like the Adam Shift of this. <laughs> <laughs> Say something wild and off the wall that's not true. Uh, the conspiracy theory. Just blame it on Russia, please. Art, art is the truth. That's See, it. Not bad. I like it. I like it a lot. So, All right. So next Monday. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Perfect. Hopefully, we'll have Dakota here. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't oversleep. Um, steak for breakfast. Steak for breakfast podcast. Share it. It's on 
iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. So no excuses for people not being able to listen. Thanks for listening. Alrighty.